The Ethereum Society proudly presents this series of podcasts in tribute to the 50th anniversary of the giving of the 12 blessings. The following podcast is on the fifth blessing. Blessed are the thanksgivers. This podcast was recorded in front of a live audience at the New Zealand branch of the Ethereum Society in Auckland, New Zealand. The co-hosts were the Right Reverend Raymond Nielsen and the Reverend Brian Kniep. Welcome and good evening. Uh, this is uh, the fifth in our series of podcasts on the 12 blessings uh, given by uh, our master, Dr. George King, 50 years ago, receiving, of course, the, the great master Jesus giving these fantastic 12 blessings. And we're, of course, we're giving a lecture podcast on each one of these 12 blessings over these 12 weeks, which is the exact 50th anniversary of when these were given 50 years ago. Now this week, I'm very happy to be down here in New Zealand visiting um, our branch down here. And uh, our hosts are myself, Brian Kniep, from the American headquarters, and the Right Reverend Dr. Raymond Nielsen, who is a bishop down here in this church of the Ethereum Society. Welcome, Raymond, to the, the program. Well, thank you very much. And uh, I must say that I consider this to be a fantastic privilege and honor, really, to take part in this uh, historic podcast on the fabulous 12 blessings. I must say straight away that uh, it was the experience of listening to one of the 12 blessings being played over to me in 1960 that um, completely changed my life uh, because um, having come across the Athera Society I went along to Athera's house as you know where it is in the Fulham mm -hmm. Road in London eventually found it <laughs> and in fact the, uh, the bus conductor pointed it out to me he said oh you mean the one with the big flying saucer neon sign on it <laughs> and uh, was admitted there um, went straight down into the hall of the Thera's house, of course, where the Twelve Blessings were delivered. And they played me one of the Twelve Blessings, and I believe it was Blessed Are They Who Work for Peace. And the experience I had was very profound, and it changed my whole outlook overnight. But uh, having said that... Um, Interestingly, as it may be, we're here to talk about the fifth blessing. But I must say that I, I think these podcasts are absolutely wonderful. And I had the opportunity of um, uh, witnessing one when I was there last year, the American headquarters. I witnessed um, both Brian and um, Richard Casada doing a podcast on one of the nine freedoms. And, and I think it's absolutely fantastic that these lectures are made available on our website to people all over the world to hear this great message. So I'm very, well, very pl pleased to be here. That, that's, that's the best aspect of, of this, is we can present this information and then it can 
be downloaded by people all over the world Absolutely. and uh, yes. used over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, probably what we should do is start off as we uh, have been, and that is playing over the heading of this particular blessing. So why don't we get ready to tune in, listen to the, uh, the energies, to almost set the stage for, for this, this podcast. And so let's all sit up straight. Let's just uh, quiet our minds just for a moment as we prepare to bring the energy of that the great master of love, the master Jesus, virtually into our presence as we hear his words coming through Dr. King's voice 50 years ago. Blessed are the thanksgivers, for they turn a great a tide of energy and direct these towards their objectives. Hmm. I don't think you can ever really get used to that, that vibration and that, that wonderful feeling. Now, for anyone who, who hears this podcast, who wants to get these blessings, they are now available on CD, and you can go to our website, uh, www.ethereus.org, and order these uh, online or from a local center. So this particular blessing is called Blessed Are the Thanksgivers, and it's not really quite as obvious as they who work for peace or the wise ones mm -hmm. or they who love. So perhaps, uh, Raymond, you could uh, help us understand a little bit about who the thanksgivers are. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what they're not. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. They're not mm -hmm. people who go into a shop and buy something, and when they're handed the change, they say thank you. Ah. Ah. Okay? Let's thank get that you. absolutely That's good. clear. Good. Yeah. Good. Is there anything to do with the American uh, thanksgiving? Uh, um, Turkey and all that? Or? Oh, I don't think no. the Master Jesus actually was going to mm. include that group of mm. people, okay. really. Right. I'm just sorry checking. about that. Just I'm checking. Just, just, yeah, I'm checking. Yeah, I've got, I mean, nothing against America and all that. Well, Canadians do that, too. Oh, I know. I know. I know. I know. Uh, I think the Irish do. They, uh, <laughs> they, they have a, a turkey that's really looking forward to Thanksgiving. <laughs> But seriously, the very nature of this heading, uh, blessed are the thanksgivers, for they turn great tides of energy. In other words, it's a conscious thing. This, this is just not, you know, your average person. Th these are individuals who have expended tremendous amount of energy and knowledge, maybe over not only this life, but maybe previous lives, where they have an awareness of nature's finer forces. And we've seen many illustrations of this throughout the centuries in different in indigenous races, for example, in different cultures. You're talking about America. I mean, you have the Hopi Indians, for example, uh, who have handed down these rituals because the elders of the tribes understand that there are these natural forces that can be tapped into and sent to the nature of things in thankfulness and 
they bring about a balance, and in many cases they have induced rain in parched areas. But basically the thanksgivers are those people who know that A, there are tremendous tides of natural spiritual energy and they direct them to their objectives. In other words, they know where they should be directing this energy as opposed to the majority of Western civilization who, who goes about daily life not really knowing and caring about things. But the Master Jesus here is giving a blessing to these as a group soul, but he's also indicating further on during the blessing that each one of us can become a thanksgiver. We can actually join this group soul once we have expended the effort by researching and and increasing our awareness and suddenly realizing this is what we should be doing. We can actually become a thanksgiver and give the great energies to the forces of nature, especially those mentioned by the Master Jesus in the next sentence, Brian. The uh, Devic Kingdom. That's right. I'll I'll read the next sentence because that really uh, helps understand this, this blessing. Blessed are they who have expended enough energy themselves so that they may know of the existence of the Devic Kingdom and knowing this, live in eternal thanks for its work. Blessed are these ones. So I guess that really sets up the question of what are the Devic forces? Yes, yes, yes. Well, either um, I can explain it, or, or you can explain it, or the audience may wish to hear Dr. King explain it. What do you think? I think probably if you took a vote, they mm. would like to hear mm. what Dr. Mm. King has mm. to say. Well, why don't we start with it? This is a, a short extract of the fifth lecture that Dr. King gave yeah. on uh, the Twelve Blessings, which are also available on CD. Yeah, and they are absolutely brilliant. This, this was uh, the master at his real depth of the true spiritual teacher uh, that he was. Uh, and uh, it'll, it'll go down in history, uh, no doubt. Oh, yeah, beautiful. Uh, well, Gordon, let's, let's play the, uh, the first extract uh, where he explains the divas. What is the Devic Kingdom? Well, the Devic Kingdom are those beings who look after the forces, so-called forces, of nature. Is it by chance that the sea acts in the way that it does? Is it by chance that the clouds act in the way that they do? Is it by chance that the grass grows, the wheat grows, the trees grow? The animals live. Are all these things just by some strange freak of chance? Are they all run strictly according to cold mathematics like a a piece of machinery is run? Not at all. Not at all. They're all run strictly according to law. Ah, yes, but behind it all there is a great guiding intelligence. And this great guiding intelligence, as far as we're concerned, are the Devic Kingdom. 
And blessed are those who know the, of the existence of the Devic Kingdom, because to know of the existence of the Devic Kingdom, you must have expended some energy in order to have this knowledge. Some energy in one way or another. As some of you who already know of the existence of the Devic Kingdom, you know full well that you've had to expend some knowledge to know of this. Well, that gives the broad brushstroke of uh, who the divas are. And there's been many traditions throughout the, the, the centuries uh, where people have spoken about fairies and gnomes and uh, nymphs from the sea. People know of, for example, storms have divas that direct them. Uh, mountains, uh, those who have climbed holy mountains, we know that it is a uh, practice to ask mm -hmm. the permission of the, oh, uh, the Lord of the Mountain, yes. the Devic Lord of the Mountain, before you climb. And in everyday things, you can often, uh, if, if you stay open, you can detect uh, the Devic Kingdom. I had this one interesting experience many, many years ago when I was in landlocked Illinois, unlike you very fortunate people down here with two C's in your backyard. Um, but I was driving uh, north, because uh, I was going to college in uh, southern Illinois, I was driving north to um, my home, parents' home in Chicago, and I was driving along there, and it was a beautiful day, sunny in the, in the west, uh, and the sun was just going down, and Illinois is very flat, by the way, and I was driving, 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 and on the, the east, there was this massive black cloud moving in, or not, it wasn't just a cloud, it was just a whole ridge, a whole line of just blackness coming. And I could see it was really going to be a, a heavy storm. So I pulled the car over to the side of the road, stopped, and as the clouds slowly engulfed me, and rain just came down in buckets, and I noticed, though, that there were certain, like, spots, certain areas of this cloud mass uh, that moved and uh, kind of points, and all the lightning from this storm came from these, say, three or four points. You could, you could almost imagine there was a Devic force or Devic entity in, in this area sending down these boltings of light. And it was truly uh, it was staggering, staggering mm. experience. Oh, yeah, it must uh, have so been. So you, you can get this uh, anywhere. Even in Illinois, you can have these experiences. Really? Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I, can, um, I can vouch for that because uh, you're looking at someone... You've been to Illinois? Uh, no, 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 no. But you're looking at somebody who was raised as a boy and young man in uh, London, in the city. And um, I spent a lot of time in London, and then I moved to Los Angeles, as you know. Uh, but the experience of coming to a country like New Zealand mm. is, is something... Well, you don't have to be a psychic person. You really don't. You just have to come here and, and just go to these areas, these absolutely wonderful areas, and they're within easy reach of, mm. of a city like Auckland. Mm. And the feel of nature's forces by way of the Devic Kingdom is tangible. It is absolutely tangible. And uh, we had an experience the, the other day when we went to a, a place like uh, the local beach. We went to like Mirawai. Mm -hmm. And you can understand what I mean. But this is, this is accessible to the people of New Zealand. But I remember one experience which I'd like to share with you and, and uh, the people who are listening to this podcast. 
You know, our master was a, a very advanced master, and he was totally aware of the Devic kingdom. He was able to communicate with the Devas uh, at different levels. And I remember uh, in 1961, I've only been a, a member for a few months, remember, and the first time I drove in a car with our master, we drove from London, and as you know, those people who, who know England very well, you go outside of London and you come into places like Surrey, Berkshire, Buckinghamshire, Wiltshire. In other words, the counties, the actual counties, uh, are, are quite small, and you go through quite a lot of them, because in those days there was no motorway mm. or anything like that to get down to Holston Down. And there we were sitting in the car, and as soon as, as the sign came up on the road where it says Surrey or it says Berkshire or Wiltshire, our master, he used to salute and he'd say, Hello, Divas, Wiltshire. You know, and we'd look at each other and we'd think, are we missing something here? I mean, was there, was there, uh, is there Mr. and Mrs. Diva there or, or something? And then he would go to the, 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 the next sign would come up where it would be Wiltshire. He would say, hello, Divas, Wiltshire. And then after about three or four counties, he would narrow it down to, hello, kids. <laughs> but it was his way of acknowledging the existence of nature's forces, the actual Divic kingdom, that looked after all the land and the trees and, and one thing. And it was a tremendous... Well, it was an experience. It was an initiation for those of us who, who really didn't understand it. But that made it so real mm. that here was a true Thanksgiver because of his tremendous knowledge and awareness. But the good news is that these blessings are being made available 52 years in advance of the date they, they were originally going to be given to this earth. And everybody, everybody who, who hears this podcast or comes across the website of the Ethereum Society has the ability to get these wonderful teachings, to get this concept and realize how important this particular blessing is because those who are aware of the Devic realms and do send their love and power are in the minority at the moment. But as the group soul gets bigger and bigger and bigger, then maybe we can see yeah. some, well, restoration of balance in all things. Well, that's a big key, too, is, you know, the divas are associated with so many different things, with minerals, with plants, with mm. animals, with um, mountains, with um, storms. Yeah. There's so many things. And it, it's a lesson to keep your mind open and aware of all these different forces that are helping all of us go through experience and that's one thing that we all need to learn uh, to do more of and that is be thankful but actually on that point perhaps it would be time to move on to the next extract yes i think because so, dr yeah. king does talk about thankfulness which is a real a real key here so gordon can we have the uh, the next extract O children of earth, walk ye into the night and thank your God for it. Walk ye into the dawn and thank your God for it. Walk ye into the sunset and thank your God for it. And you will be helping the silent workers to preserve balance for you. Thank God for all things that happen to you. 
good, bad or indifferent, send out your power to the Devic Kingdom and you are one of the thanksgivers. Send out your power to the thanksgivers and you are helping the thanksgivers to send their power to the Devic Kingdom. And you are altering conditions upon the whole earth. If mankind had the right thought and action, they wouldn't give me any nasty weather conditions, no tornadoes, no famine in one place and flood in another. Nothing like this at all would happen. Some of you know this. Some of you may not have realized it. For those who haven't realized it, I'm stressing this point. So if you already know it, I ask you for, to forgive me. So there you are. It's extremely important. It's one of the great, great essentials. Thrice blessed are those who have done this. And this is now, this very moment, in our time... No, sorry. And this is now, in the great all-pervasive now, the timelessness. By now means this very moment in our time. So that exact moment in that in, in our time, Jesus sent his blessings to the thanksgivers, those people who thanked God and helped the Devic kingdom by sending out right thought, right action, right thought, right action, and so on, as a power, love, prayer, and so on, as a power, as an energy to the Devic kingdom. He does give a, an important point there, and that is... The blessing itself gives the energy, we send the energy to the thanksgivers, the group soul, or the group consciousness of the thanksgivers. Um, but he's also saying that you should be a thanksgiver as well. And that is you should, in your day-to-day -day life, uh, throughout the day, as much as you can, think about the divas and give your thanks to the divas. So in that way you're a thanksgiver, and then when you actually sit down and do the 12 blessings and perform it, which we hope we all will do, then we're actually helping ourselves and everyone else who is giving this energy to the divas. And that's, that's one of the great balances, the great um, secrets, really, of the Twelve Blessings. Yeah, it's, it's rather uh, unfortunate that not all, for want of a better term, the New Age movement uh, that has sprung up over the last 50 years around the world uh, has grasped this. Mm. Um, it's good that there is new age thought and, and people are beginning to realize uh, uh, things that uh, they haven't thought of before and it's making a, a difference in their lives and it's bringing sort of spirituality into their lives. But the blessings, especially this one, encapsulate how important it is for each and every person on this earth to reach inwards and realize the individual spirituality that they have and see the potential of that power to be used for the world as a whole. Now, in the New Age movement, bless it, you know, there are many, many uh, paths that are being uh, propounded from the platform and DVDs and Internet, and I'm sure, Brian, that you've seen them just like we have. But there are very, very few teachers who are, are expounding this concept that it's very, very important to send out energy for the world as a whole. There's lots of 
theories about everybody being connected and then mm. you have the uh, the field and then you now you have the secret and now you have the secret of the secret and one thing or another it seems as though they're they're playing around with the blueprint but it's not really being put into action mm. but one interesting thing happened uh, to me last year as you know we have a group in brisbane and i went over there uh, for the festival for mind body spirit and uh, the group had a, a stand there and on the way back, I was dropped off at Brisbane Airport. And as you do in airport lounges, you know, you look around for something to do. You don't want to spend any more money. So you look around for something free. <laughs> and there was a free tabloid newspaper. Uh, and I was having my coffee or tea, whatever it was. And um, my gaze was drawn to the front page of this newspaper. And I just couldn't believe the heading. And I read it, and what it was, it was an article about a statement that had been released by a group of Anglican bishops in the United Kingdom where they had come to the conclusion that the freak weather conditions that had swept across Europe last year and and was causing all the havoc and all the damage uh, and loss of life, those freak weather conditions were a direct result, and I remember the word direct, direct result of man's disobedience of God's laws. And I thought to myself, it's about time, folks. Mm. You couldn't get more orthodox than a group of United Kingdom Anglican bishops. But they made this statement. Mm. And that's virtually what is happening as a result of man's ignorance and and disregard for the natural forces that are controlled by the Dictic King. Well, it's good good to hear that uh, those kinds of traditional religious uh, people Mm -hmm. are are getting that. And, you know, that's that's another thing that that we all have to remember, or is good to remember, and that is uh, one of the best ways to help our world is to read the 12 blessings, read the nine freedoms, perform the 12 blessings, because you're, you're sending your energy, along with everyone else's energy who's on that wavelength, into the mind belt. And that mind belt then is all around our world. And so then people who may not have access to the 12 blessings can still have access to that, that thought, that, that vibration, that feeling, that awareness. And they can start to tap into that yes. and spread uh, these, these teachings which have been given, as you say, 52 years ahead of their time mm-hmm. uh, and start to expand their effect greater in greater and greater ways. Yeah. Well, yes, I mean, that, that is, is, is a far, far better thing for the people to do that rather than the, uh, the, the usual energy that's sent out regarding the demon mm. kingdom you mm. know oh hello there uh, bob I haven't seen you for a long time isn't the weather lousy today uh, yeah. oh wasn't too it hot, too it's, cold, it's too hot it's, it's too, too cold mm. uh, you know you multiply that several million zillion times that's not being thankful that is not really. being thankful no. and that's sending the wrong type of energy which the divas have to use and that's another thing too is you know it's easy to fall into that trap because you have so many people around you that bring these things up. And, and you, no one wants to be contrary all the time. Most people don't. And, you know, when people bring these things up, it, it's so easy to kind of go along with it. Say, yeah, yeah, lousy weather. You know, it's too hot, too cold, whatever. But remember that, you know, the more that 
you get into uh, the 12 blessings, uh, the nine freedoms, and these kinds of teachings, you're becoming a stronger and stronger metaphysician. And to do that, you also have to watch your, your thoughts and your actions and what you say. Because everything that you say is an aspect of magic. Everything that you think is an aspect of magic. And so it's great to do the 12 blessings once a day or, or however often you wish mm -hmm. to do it, but it's also good to live those teachings as much as you can in every thought that you have or every comment that you make. Well, I, I think that's a, a vital point that you've raised there, Brian, because you know people are interested in, in reading about... Um, mysticism and mythology and, uh, and some of the mystery schools and some of the uh, rituals used by the indigenous uh, races uh, throughout the world and one thing or another. And they read it in a sort of an academic way, not realizing, of course, that every thought is a ritual. Every mm. thought is a magical act. And everybody is responsible for performing the right thought in order to produce the right magic. Well, isn't it wonderful that um, the Master Jesus gave us all this information in such a small package? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it, it in a, cuts in through all the, all the, you know, the, the stuff, mm. as, we, as we call it. The hundreds but, of pages of theory. Yeah. I'd like to, to uh, relate a, uh, an incident that um, ties in with what you said about the, the mountains and, uh, and people. When people come into the Ethereum Society and they read about us going to mountains to hold pilgrimages and uh, to send out energy through the Twelve Blessings, a lot of people sometimes come along and they think, well... You know, I mean, is this for real? I mean, I've just got to kind of put the toe in the mm. water. But I can remember over and over and over again the experience of, say, a pilgrimage on Holston Down. Let's take Holston Down because probably of all the mountains around the world, it's the most used, probably. I would imagine, yeah. yeah. And it has a power. It has a, a tremendous energy buildup. It's a very, very, very sacred place. And the Devic realms there, in my experience react and anybody who's got any sensitivity at all know that there is this reaction and i tell you a, a very interesting story there was one particular pilgrimage that we were planning and we were, were going to go down to holston down and we all arrived and when we got down there to our horror we found that the local farmers had started an, uh, a procedure which they call swaling and I don't know whether you're familiar with this in no. America, swaling. Yeah, I know you've got your Thanksgiving and your turkeys, <laughs> but swaling belongs to us in England. Okay. okay. Right. What it is is that the, the rough terrain around um, the lower slopes of Holston Down is heather. You know, it's gorse and heather, and it's rather rough and thick. And every now and again, the farmers burn it. And that's what they call swaling. They set fire to the whole mountain. And there we were coming down for this pilgrimage, you know, in coaches and cars and one thing or another. And uh, we got down there. And all we could see was this black mass of, uh, left behind uh, as a result of this swaling. But when we actually looked closer and drove closer, we found that the fire had burnt the gorse to a certain level and around the entire top of Holston Down, it had stopped in a perfect ring. 
It's, it's almost as though there was some kind of barrier, you know, where the fire couldn't pass through or penetrate this barrier, and the whole of the area where the pilgrimage was going to take place was pure, pristine gorse and heather, and it was beautiful. And Is this a, a normal, did it always stop there, or was it... Uh, uh, according to the farmers, uh, they had no idea why this phenomenon should exist, but they did admit that it was very unusual. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. So you just, uh, there, was no, there was no natural barrier, no, it didn't thin out there, it just stopped? It just stopped. That is yeah. amazing. Yeah. And that's not the only thing, too. We've, uh, we've been to, um, I'm sure you have... Uh, where you went to the mountains where you've had services of the 12 blessings and the weather has been, shall we say, cloudy. It may even be rain. I mean, we've had uh, um, tremendous uh, high winds and, mm. and heavy rains uh, at certain of the mountains. But usually when you get to the end of the 12 blessings service and someone is reading, say, the last blessing, mm. and uh, at that moment there is this silence that comes over and... Sometimes you have a single shaft of light that comes down. I remember distinctly this happening when Keith Robertson was alive and he was taking one of the, the 12 blessing services. It was just like somebody had switched on a, uh, a, a theater light. light. Yeah. And there he was with this single shaft of, of light, you know, as he was reading the, mm. the book. It was lit up mm. as if mm. some invisible force had just quietened everybody. Or quit, sh- sh- quiet everybody will we'll, we'll take part in this. You know, you, 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 do, you do often get very interesting things happen. Because we go to Mount Baldy in Los Angeles mm-hmm. about five, five times every year. And it's, it's rare that you will have a 12 blessings that something doesn't happen. Either when you're doing the, the fifth blessing, you might have the wind kick up or die down. Or, or something seems to just, it's almost like it, it's connected um, when you're doing these 12 blessings, especially on, on a mountain like that. And if you really stay open, it, it's, it's rare that you don't see something happen. It's really quite, quite amazing. Well, shall we uh, move on to uh, our third? Um, I think that's, uh, that's a good uh, time to play okay. that third extract there, Brian. This is an interesting uh, extract uh, about um, why this law works. Uh, Gordon, let's play extract number three. Now then, we find out why all this is necessary. And this is one of the most, this is a collection of some of the most significant sentences in the whole of occult literature. Because it hasn't been put in occult literature ever before as simply as it's put here and straightforwardly. Ordinary earthman, by his wrong thought and action, has, for countless centuries, sent streams of power to the divas. Power discolored by his uncontrolled emotion. The divas, having no other tools but those of man, have had to make flood and drought. Man is responsible for all these, and all will be reckoned in his karma. Now, this is what it means, and this is why it's necessary for you to send power to the divas. You might think, well, all right, you say that the sea divas, for instance, or the divas of storm are tremendous beings of great power. They are, but, but they can only use the power you send to them. And if you unconsciously send streams of hate and enmity and, and, and uh, shall we call it, negative streams of energy to them, they will use these strictly according to law and you have earthquakes, famine, so on. 
When a man explodes a hydrogen bomb, he brings about certain laws. The Devic Kingdom must cause earthquakes. They have to by the law which made them, and they work strictly according to this law, and they will not deviate. That's what they're there for. They are the people who work according to the law of action and reaction strictly, so you get the conditions you deserve. By you I mean the mass of humanity, naturally. Get exactly those conditions they deserve. When hydrogen bombs are set off, earthquakes must happen. When rockets are sent out through the ionosphere, earthquakes must happen because in comes an influx of cosmic rays for a second or two. The Devic Kingdom have to manipulate those. Bingo! You must have earthquakes. It's one of the things. Must have. On the other hand, if you send to the Devas what we call love, great results can be brought about. Good extract. Oh, wow, that's... Now, yeah. one thing people may want to know is, is how to do this, mm. how to send energy to the Devas. And, of course, one a very simple way is described by the Master Jesus in The Blessing. I'd like to read that. O children of earth, walk ye into the night and thank your God for it. Walk ye into the dawn and thank your God for it. Walk ye into the sunset and thank your God for it, and you will be helping the silent workers to preserve balance for you. And that's a way we can always, always help. Absolutely. Just be thankful for every aspect of the, uh, the weather or the, the sun or the, the moon, be thankful, and that, that will send a continuous flow of energy to these divas. That's the easy way. Well, uh, I mean, the Master Jesus is not pulling any um, punches uh, by hinting that that is not what we have been doing. Mm. And mm. when they, um, we listen to our Master talk about some of the things that uh, we've done in the name of science, and I remember distinctly reading uh, in those days when nuclear experimentation was, uh, was rife, an article about it had been decided by a group of scientists to explode an atomic device deep into the bowels of the Mother Earth mm. in order to see, quote, what happens. <laughs> now, mm. my grandson, I think, was about five at that particular time, and, and I'm sure he would be able to have answered that question for them. <laughs> there would have been uh, quite a reaction. And the reaction was devastating earthquakes. And this is the, the, the uncontrolled uh, energy that has been sent to the Devic realms by ignorant science. But as you say, Brian, um, the more energy, the more love energy that people can send out, and even it's a, if it's a, a new concept, even if pick, people pick up the 12 blessings for the first time, this is the, the brilliance of the manipulation of the energy which is available through the performance of the Twelve Blessings, that even if a person is not fully aware and fully appreciative of the Devic realms in her or his life at that moment, they still can send energy to the group soul of the Thanksgivers 
who are that little bit more advanced and mm-hmm. aware. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's mm-hmm. a brilliant manipulation of power. Brilliant. Well, you can look at it another way, too, is, is by the law of karma, what you send out, you get back. And so if you, if you want to, and I know a lot of people do, that they want to learn how to the, see the divas and see the nature spirits more. And so the more energy that you send out to the, the group soul of the thanksgivers, then you'll get energy back from the thanksgivers to yourself. Right. And you'll be able to be a stronger member of the thanksgivers uh, group soul. Because you'll, you'll get that essence back from the thanksgivers. You see, it's an interesting manifestation. Uh, I mean, when you, you think of the role of the Devic Kingdom and the fact that unlike mankind, the Devic Kingdom does not have this thing we call free will. Mm. It doesn't suddenly say, well, you know, I think today we haven't sent any uh, cyclones over to that area of the world. <laughs> Why don't we do that just, just, just to see what happens? You know, they, they don't act like that. They are a hierarchy, a very, very complex and extremely beautiful creation and put there to provide the or maintain the balance of the environment around this planet so that we can all gain experience. And they are a mirror, if you like, if you will. They're a mirror of the karmic law. The karmic law is absolutely fair and just and is structured in such a way that it responds to action and reaction and makes sure that that reaction and, and action is opposite and equal. And so too with the Devic Kingdom. They respond according to strict law. So in other words, if you have a group of people that we call Canadians or Americans or French, they have to react in exactly the same way to whoever the humanoids are, never mind what country it is, because they are built that way. They act and react according to strict law. If you send them bad energy, then they have to use that, and the result is an imbalance in our our nature. Well, that's a very that's a very good point. Is you know, mankind is slowly learning to uh, accept the law of karma. And that is, action and reaction are opposite and mm-hmm. equal. But most people see that as, as, as a human function. In other words, you, you send out energy to humans. Uh, if you're angry at people, uh, eventually, this life or next, they'll be angry at you. If you harm someone, uh, a person, then they will harm you. Um, if you help somebody, then, then somebody sometime will help you more of human interaction, people tend to think of it. But here, we're learning that we have to expand our concept. And it's not just human interaction. It's also your interaction with, with the divas, with the sun, with the, with the Mother Earth, with, with the storm divas and, and the famine divas and all this kind of thing. And it, it's, a whole, it's another layer of karma. Absolutely, but, uh, absolutely. And, and of course, uh, the more people become aware of this fact and the more that they study the teachings of the Ethereum Society, and especially the teachings of our Master and the missions of our Master, it will dawn on them what he has been able to achieve Mm. in 
the light of this. Because if you look at the missions of the Athea Society, especially those missions that are, are, are designed to send out mass healing to an area, the Devic realms are involved in that. And the Master knew this consciously. So when he devised these great missions, like the, the, the well, he didn't devise it, but he performed it and he, he, he worked out the modus operandi for the Saturn mission, for example, which is for uh, world peace and devic stabilization. Uh, and look, look at the result of that. Look what's mm. happened there. Mm. Uh, mm. It's been absolutely phenomenal. And I believe you have some, some facts and figures Well, there are on some that. statistics, uh, which I'll paraphrase, the Red Cross have recently done uh, some studies, and they have found that although natural catastrophes have increased over the last 10, 15 years or so, the number of people affected adversely has gone down quite a bit. Mm. And so although you're still having the, this upset in weather conditions and whatnot, you're actually having fewer people uh, affected and that's since the, uh, the Saturn mission was started. Mm. Uh, you also have an interesting uh, phenomena with earthquakes since Operation Sunbeam was started. Mm. Uh, and that is that, as you know, an earthquake is, is uh, the tectonic plates moving against each other. And, and they, it, normally the pressure builds up, and then it moves quickly, uh, several feet sometimes. Mm. And then you'll have this massive earthquake with lots of devastation. Um, but what they find now that's happening is that there's hundreds and hundreds of micro-earthquakes. And so rather than move, say, two feet in a minute, it'll, it'll move um, a, a half of an inch or a fraction of an, of an inch uh, many times uh, over the course of many, many years. And so slowly you'll, you'll move that, that one foot, but it'll be in such gentle, small increments that uh, mankind until now have, haven't really even noticed. You, you can't notice it because it's so gentle. So things, um, things are changing, and this is, uh, we believe, due to some of these very large-scale karmic manipulations of energy being given to the Devic Kingdom. Well, the good news is that the Twelve Blessings, are, uh, more and more people are practicing them, and we're having... Um, um, prayer marathons now around mm -hmm. the world mm -hmm. uh, and mm -hmm. more and more energy is, is being released through the, the magic of, of these uh, fantastic teachings by the Master Jesus uh, and you know as, as years go by then hopefully more and more people will realize uh, the tremendous value and the tremendous power that is available through this fantastic set of uh, teachings and practices you know, one thing that I would be interested to know, because we have an audience here from the Auckland area. Yes, we do. Yes. And I must say, since I've been down here, I've found it's beautiful and powerful nature energy down here. But I'd be interested to know if anyone here has got any, any questions or if they've seen any phenomena or felt any phenomena uh, being down this beautiful area that uh, makes them wonder about the Devic Kingdom or is something that they'd like to, to share with, with a larger audience on our podcast. Put them on the spot a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Don't, don't be shy. Come on, don't be shy. This is yeah, Tanya Solberg, to who's a it, staff yeah. member in uh, New Zealand. Uh, well, some time ago, my husband and I were going for a walk one morning, and we had just listened to the lecture tape um, on it by our master on the Devic Kingdom. And as we were going for a walk, it was a beautiful day, we came across a 
a beautiful um, flower, and it was a um, it was a morning glory bush. And when we looked at this beautiful flower, we said, "I wonder what the diva of the morning glory bush looks like." And immediately in my mind's eye, um, I had a picture of the diva of what it looked like. And I straight away described this to my husband, and he had instantaneously also had that same image come into his mind of this diva of what it looked like. So we just that thought out in our minds, we'd both seen the same thing. Now I'm sure that everyone in podcast land is thinking the same question that I am. What does the diva look like? <laughs> Um, well, I saw it as um, it was like the flower with a face within the flower. That's how I saw it. What kind of was a round face, long face? Uh, it was a round, fla- round face, face, yeah. Smiling or frowning? Or I, I don't recall that. <laughs> no, no. Well, thank you very much. Anyone else want to be on the spot? I think we have a lady here who wants to be on the spot here. This is Trish. Well, this happened to me quite a few years ago. I was a new member. And I was down at a, a small seaside town called New Plymouth, and it's been settled for a long, quite a long time. And there's a beautiful park there with lovely big trees. In fact, there's lovely big trees all over New Plymouth. And I was walking in there, and I happened to be by myself, and there was a stream, and there were these beautiful trees. And I thought to myself, oh, I think I'll say the do the do the fifth blessing and the prayer for the Thanksgivers. And as I did so. I was aware that all these little <clears throat> fairies and little divas were coming out from behind trees and bushes to look at me. You, you could see them looking at you. Yes, not not sort of you know with psychically sort of thing, and um, looking to see who it was that was actually aware of their existence <clears throat> and was sending them love and blessings. And it was a a beautiful experience. And what came to me back from them was quite overwhelming, and I've never forgotten it. That's a very nice story. Thank you. Anyone else got a a story to share? Uh, Where do I begin with my story? Um, It really begins with my grandmother, who um, I suppose you could say brought me up, which was um, pretty typical in our culture. The eldest grandchild was usually brought up by the grandparents. Now, Now, you see, you have to explain your culture. Um, Because, I mean, people in the podcast don't see you. Well, we um, are a Maori race here in New Zealand. That's the indigenous uh, race. um, Race, yes. And um, I heard many wonderful stories about the Diva Kingdom from my grandmother. And at times I used to think that um, she was getting a bit carried away and did I really believe it? But however, um, there was one story in particular, and that was to do with our mountain, which is Ruapehu, which is in the middle of the North Island. And her father ran a stagecoach. And like a, a horse stagecoach? Kind of? A horse stagecoach. Wow. With six horses, I think she said, and a stagecoach. Now, this stagecoach coach used to take the mail. And at the bottom of this mountain was what we call the chateau. And it was a uh, like a hotel. So he used to rest his horses there. Now on this particular night when he had um, rested the horses in 
undercover, they all started playing up. And um, he thought, now, you know, what's going on? Never seen them act like that before. Anyway, cut a long story short, he tried to calm them down. And as he was calming them down, he went towards the window of the shelter and he looked out and he saw, obviously, the mountain diva. And now, my grandmother described the mountain diva as a woman with long, flowing red hair. Red hair. Red hair. Now, we'll move forward a bit. And this same mountain, I was a member of the Wanganoo Ski Club. Now, my grandmother, again, had always said to me, oh, I wish you wouldn't join that ski club. It's dangerous up there. Um, but anyway, it doesn't matter, she says... The Patupayarehe, which is Māori for mountain diva, will look after you, so you'll be all right. So um, at the time, I was a hairdresser, had all sorts of fancy colours in my hair. I had long red hair. Um, anyway, to cut, uh, cut long, another long story short... I was up there skiing, skied to the bottom of the mountain and they stopped the, um, the chairs from going up to the top, which is where our mountain hut was, and I was stuck at the bottom. They stopped them because the wind had picked up and I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to walk up the mountain, which was about two kilometres, with heavy boots, my skis. How was I going to do it? So I thought, the mountain diva. And I said this prayer, without even realising, to her to send my husband down so he could carry my skis up the mountain. (laughs) (laughs) And would you believe I had no, no sooner said the prayer and he was in front of me. And I said to him, what are you doing here? And he said, I don't know. But I felt that I had to come and look for you. And, I mean, the stories go on about this mountain diva on this mountain in the middle of the North Island. Well, I must say the the indigenous races uh, tend to be a lot more uh, dialed in to the the divas. Uh, It's like like modern civilization is kind of like... It's too good to be... um, uh, Or it's too scientific... You know, you can't, you can't do that. Well, thank you, Paul. That's very interesting. Anyone else? Adrian? I'm thrilled to hear Paula's story of the mountain diva. And I'd like to say, as a child, I went to Ropehu also. And, all right, I'm European in my ancestry. And in my growing up as a child, several times I met Geoffrey Hodson, who was famous for his writings and about the Diva Kingdom. And I had certain experiences with him where his sensitivity was such that it helped awaken my sensitivity. So when I was on Ruapehu, his wife came up to me and said, uh, Adrian, I want you to really tune in to your intuition, to your soul consciousness, be very, very pure. 
and then I want you to tell me what you see over there. And when I finally looked over there, there was a being about 20 feet high in diameter, which looked like a many, many pointed star. It looked like a kaleidoscope. It was radiating energy from the center and into little whirls all around it. It had stars in it. It had rainbow colors in it. Essentially, it was white. And I just felt this was something that represented the fact we were there in winter. It was snow. It was on the mountain. It could have been any being, but it was absolutely wonderful. And the picture still stays with me. That's fascinating. Thank you very much. You know, it, it, it just goes to show that, you know, if you tune in and, and, and are open, this kind of thing can happen to, to anyone. I'll give a quick story. I, um, I'm going to give stories. <laughs> I, I was climbing Mount Talek in uh, Northern California. And it's a beautiful mountain. I'd been there before, but had been many years, and so I didn't know exactly uh, where the charge spot was. So we were kind of, I was going with uh, Leo Backus, another staff member in uh, Los Angeles. And um, in my, in my uh, haste, the night before, I had purchased a, or the day before, I had purchased a new compass. And, um, but it was, it was late, you know, and, and um, so I didn't read the entire instruction book that came with the compass. And I left out the part about declination. And, of course, if you don't dial in declination, you could be off as much as 16 degrees, uh, which I was. <laughs> so we, Leo and I were climbing up this mountain and um, kind of cut off where it seemed to, you should cut off with the, with the compass. And uh, we looked up and we just, we were in the middle of nowhere. And I tuned in and I, and I kind of asked uh, for the divas to, to help us. And, uh, and sure enough, they took us to a path. Within, you, I didn't see them, but I could kind of feel them, you know, running around, and uh, and they were kind of taking us this, this path, and sure enough, we found the charge spot straight away after that. Um, then I'll jump forward a little bit. We we camped out at this Gilmore Lake, uh, and then which is uh, say about a half an hour walk cross country to the charge spot. So we would do that every day, but we kind of got the impression we didn't want to walk all over the poor plants and everything. So we asked for uh, uh, guidance on how to avoid that. And, and we were kind of guided to these long 300-yard stretches of rock, like almost like pavement and whatnot, and uh, kind of going cross-country. And one time, I'll never forget, I was walking down, and uh, we got to this thing which I recognized with Leo. And this was a, a stream bed, which is dry because it was summertime. And I said, oh, I know where I am. Uh, it's this way. And, and I distinctly remember hearing them or feeling them laughing at me, you know? Like, <laughs> and I said, oh, that's what I, I know this is the right way. So I walked down there, and sure enough, that was the, exactly the wrong way. <laughs> turn around and go back. So, was, so you can have these. They're very fun, these experiences. You know? I think a lot of people uh, shy away uh, as, it's, as it's part of our conditioning. You know, they shy away from the sheer naturalness of this mm this existence of this invisible, mysterious force we call the Devic Kingdom. 
and, and, and somehow, you know, people think, well, I am scientifically bound not to believe in it, mm. and yet it is mm. natural. And I'd like to refer the listeners to a very, very beautiful transmission, and it's available in one of the Ethereum Society publications called Wisdom of the Planets. And it's part of a transmission delivered by the Master Aetherius called Let in the Light. There were several masters who uh, spoke through Dr. George King uh, and this particular time. Um, I'll give you the date. It was um, at the Caxton Hall, London, on April the 13th, 1957. And it was about letting in the light and reaching inwards and upwards and contacting this power. And this is what the Master Aetherius had to say, and I think it's very relevant to some of the things that we've been hearing, these beautiful stories we've been hearing during this podcast. This is the Master Theorist. How many times have I watched the beautiful auric emanations from a little child who could not even recite the alphabet? There's a picturization there straight mm. away. We can, we can picture a little girl like that, can't we, or a little boy. Beautiful they were. They impregnated all who came into contact with that little child. Even the trees exchanged auric emanations as it walked in the woods. I noticed the flowers themselves exchanged vibrations with that little child as it passed. There was no great conscious intelligence there, but something greater something very much greater. That little child had not yet suffered the poisonous touch of materialistic conditioning in this life. Mm. And I strongly believe that when the Master Jesus delivered these 12 blessings, this was a way, a very, very potent way, for all types of conditioning to be completely broken away. Mm. For those people who just make the effort, who just say, right, well, I heard them, I'll try them, I'll put it into practice, I'll practice the 12 blessings and see what happens. Uh, and I think that's, uh, that's one of the big magical things about the 12 blessings, is that when you do practice them, especially this particular blessing uh, to the thanksgivers, there is an immediate reaction, especially if you are in, a, in a, an outdoor environment, as, as we've heard from, from people. Especially when, if you're fortunate enough to be in uh, New Zealand, where you can get out to the... Uh... Oh, yes, folks. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, New Zealand is the place. <laughs> um, I think that's it. Thank you all very much for your kind attention, and uh, we'll see you later in podcast land. sincerely hope you enjoyed this podcast. For further information on these podcasts or the Ethere Society in general, please visit us on the web at www.ethereus.org.